Good morning, Calvary Lighthouse. We want to congratulate Pastor Spencer for his graduation. And he is literally now Dr. Spencer Click. He graduated with his doctorate and his thesis was in servant leadership. So that's a tremendous blessing. And we thank the Lord for the blessings that come our way. Aren't you glad that you have a living Savior? A living Savior, not dead, not just remaining on the cross, but who resurrected and who is here available for each and every one of us. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, this morning, Lord, I pray that you would just minister to every heart here, Lord Jesus. That you would go deep into our hearts, Father, and that you would minister to us, Lord, individually, personally, that the sweetness of your Holy Spirit would be revealed to us today and that everyone in this sanctuary would experience the presence of God. Father God, let our distractions fall away, that we would be intent on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The title of the message today is Complete in Jesus Christ. Complete in Jesus Christ. As I talk to different Christians, whether it's a church, whether it's different conferences, whether it's at different events, wherever it is, many times I often experience in the conversations that we have that for many believers, there is a sense of lacking in their life. They might not be worthy. They might not feel complete. They, they might feel that there is some kind of lack in their life. As they talk, you kind of sense that they're saying, I'm not as good as. And oftentimes, it's because of experiences of the past. It could be because of inner shame. It could be because people are trapped in fear. It could be because people have their insecurities or battling something within them so they feel they must be prideful so they overcome those deficiencies. But this morning I'm here to remind you that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you said live in my heart. Now, I want to stop and make a distinction here. I'm not just talking about people who believe there is a God. Do you know that the demons know that there is a God? That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about that believer who has made a commitment and say, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I want you in my heart. I want to make that distinction very, very clear this morning. It's not just saying, Lord, there is a God. It's saying, no, Lord, you are mine and I am yours. So I want to really make that distinction for the person I'm talking to about this morning for the believer who has made that authentic declaration before the Lord. And if you have, the Bible says that you have been what? 
born again. It means that you have a second chance. That the moment that you said, Jesus, live in my heart, immediately you had your sins forgiven. Not just one, not to all of your sins forgiven. At that moment of salvation, you have a promise of eternal life. Eternal life with God. Your permanent home is heaven. In addition to that, you have access to God. You are invited to come into his throne room of grace and there present yourself and there ask for mercy, ask for goodness, ask for grace. You have access to God, the one who spoke and the world was created. The one who makes even demons tremble. The one who speaks and a sun pops out or the moon pops out or the world was created. That is the savior that we believe in. And you have all of that and more at the moment of salvation. Immediately, you have access to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God that dwells within you. Ephesians 1, chapter 1 says that God has blessed us with every spiritual gift in Jesus Christ. At the moment of salvation, you have access to God himself within you. The Holy Spirit who is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit who is all-powerful. The Holy Spirit who is everywhere present. You are walking in power and in potential. Let me repeat that again. You are walking in power and in potential if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. The reality is that the power of God is residing, is dwelling within you. Victory is available to you for every aspect of your life. You also have the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit through the Holy Spirit indwelling within you. You have patience. Did you know that you have patience residing in you? Did, did, is that a reality to you? When you lose it, do, do you know that you have patience within you? Do you know that you have love within you? Did you hear that? I love that neighbor that gets on my last nerve. Did, did you get that? There is love that is residing there. I have joy within me. For those mornings that you get a grumpy, you have joy within you. You have peace within you. You have kindness within you. You have goodness within you. You have gentleness within you. You have <clears throat> self-control within you. Did you hear that? Self-control within you, all embodied in the Holy Spirit within you. You're walking in power. You're walking in potential. Power. I'm going to read to you Ephesians 3, 
14 through 21, and I'm going to read it to you from the message version. And the one who starts talking is Paul is talking, and he says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen me in my spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you. As you open the door and invite him in, and I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus Christ the extravagant dimension of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Experience the length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Excuse me. Did you get that? Live in the fullness of God. God can do anything you know for more, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does not, he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh, yes. The fullness of God dwells in you through the Holy Spirit. And I find that some of the biggest mistakes that I've made in my life is that I have taken my focus off of Jesus. I've let anxiety, I've let worry, I've let circumstances overcome me. I have not focused on Jesus. I have not focused on the inner dwelling spirit that the Holy Spirit was this within me, that he is available to help me in all situations. And because I lost that focus, I made the wrong choices. I made the wrong decisions. And instead of trusting him, I was trying to figure it out. What can I do? How can I change things? How can, how can I, I, I twist this around? Who can I talk to? So I let all of those things overpower me, and I lost my focus on Jesus. Lost my focus and then made wrong decisions. Can I blame God for my wrong decisions? Absolutely not. He was there. He was with me. He was waiting for me to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Ready for me to help me. But my problem was I didn't trust him. I didn't lean on him. You might ask yourself, how can you experience that fullness of God within you? You can ask yourself, how is it that I can tap into that power that dwells within me? And we're going to talk about 
three actions that I want you to seriously listen to and ask yourself, am I taking those three actions to experience the fullness of the power that dwells within me? As we read in Ephesians this morning, the text does give us direction in how to do that. Paul says, I bow before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The act of bowing is a sign of submission. Bowing is a sign of surrendering. Bowing is a sign of worship. Bowing is a sign of giving allegiance to. Paul clearly surrendered his life to Christ. Many of us say we're saved. Many of us say we love the Lord. But there is one problem that we have not surrendered our lives to him. You see, we can say we love the Lord. We can say we are saved, but we want to hang on to our will. We want to hang on to what I want to do instead of asking the Holy Spirit to guide us. We want to hang on to doing it my way. So if you're in that place, you're literally in a holding pattern. You know where airplanes are in a holding pattern and they just fly around and they fly around. They never go forward. They never go forward. Why? Because they are in that holding pattern. So for many Christians, that's where you are. You're in a holding pattern. Why? You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living a victorious life in Christ where not you are in control, but that you are submitting and surrendering your life to Jesus. To Jesus, and that He is not only your Savior, but He is indeed the Lord of your life. You're giving your will to Him. And personally, I find myself that I constantly have to surrender every day. Every day I have to surrender. Why do I have to surrender every day? Because my flesh wants to take over and do it how I think, how I perceive it to be. So that is why I personally have to surrender to God every day. And let me say, more than once a day. Again, Jesus gives us a marvelous example when he says, Father, not my will be done. But let your will be done. That's the place where we have to go. The place that we have to go is a total surrendering to God. I know that I was meditating one day, and the Lord spoke to me clearly about this. And in his loving manner, he let me know that he did not need my help. That he did not need my suggestions and that he did not need my agenda. That he could handle it all on his own. And I appreciate the chastening of the Lord or the correction of the Lord because it's in that correction 
that he's purifying me. It's in that correction that he's making me more like Jesus. A big church word is called sanctification. Sanctification means that daily, every moment, every hour of the day, the Holy Spirit is working within me to make me more like Christ, my Savior. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification is not for a moment. Sanctification is for the rest of your life. That that is the potter, Jesus, working on the clay, making us more beautiful because our ultimate goal is that I would look like Jesus. And that when people see me coming, they not only see Jesus, but they can feel his presence. That when I walk into the room, someone would say, Woo, the room has changed because the presence of God within me is walking into all circumstances and into all places. But it starts at the point of surrendering to God. Again, I want you to be reflective and start thinking, have you come to that point? For many of us, I know we're saved. I know our home and our destiny is heaven. But have you surrendered your will to the will of Jesus? The next thing that we need to do is trust God. See, when everything's going cool, that's not, that's easy, trusting him. But when you're in a squeeze, when life isn't going the way you planned it, when something traumatic happens in your life, are you trusting him? Now, you might ask yourself, well, why can I trust Jesus? What, what is it about God that I can trust? Let me remind you. God is pure. He is holy. He is about love, not just love the way we know it, but he is about an extravagant love. I love that word, extravagant love. He loved me before I was saved, and he loves me now with the equal intensity. That's an extraordinary love. He loves me beyond my wildest imagination. Deep love. Deep, deep, extraordinary love. And sometimes when I think about that love of Jesus, I don't have words. How, how, how can I explain that love that is all-consuming, that is all-powerful, that is so deep, that it's so extraordinary. How can I describe a love of a father that gives his very son to die the horrendous death of the cross, to die for my sins so I could have a relationship with God? I have to, I have to say, I, I have no words to describe it. I want to share with you this video. And I want you to listen to the video carefully. And it's by Pastor Isaac Wimberly, a spoken word. Listen to it carefully. If there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my brain has not yet reached a point 
where it could form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, you see, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send a praise up. You see, if there are words for him, then I don't have them. My God, his grace is remarkable. Mercies are innumerable. Strength is impenetrable. He is honorable, accountable, favorable. He's unsearchable yet knowable. Indefinable yet approachable. Indescribable yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than imagination. Constant through generations, king of every nation. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few. And to try and capture the one true God using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a savior, a savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise. So I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning, drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. For words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, giving nothingness formation. And by his word he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name. So praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place. That he lovingly endured the grave. That he battled our enemy and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as a risen king. Lift your voice and sing. For one day he will return for us and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim, but my words point to the word, and the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever. Let's give God praise in the house. Let's give him praise in the house. The God we serve is an awesome God. 
Jesus wants to do something special in your life if you give him the opportunity. You need to surrender to God. You need to trust him. And then you need to renew your mind every single day. Renew your mind. That's what Romans tells us. To remove, renew our mind. Renew our mind. Remove those thoughts that are negative. Negative thoughts creep in. That's when we go to the promises of God to battle that thought process in our mind. You want to battle low self-esteem? Then you grab a hold onto the promise of Psalm 139.14. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. You see, we want our mind and our soul to link together. You're fighting fear, then you take the promise of God in 2 Timothy 1.7 that said, For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You're battling fear, that's what you take as your promise. And you begin to battle that thought process with the word of God. Luke 17.21 says, The kingdom of God is is within me. Did you get that? The kingdom of God is within me. You are walking in power. Psalm 125.1 says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but lives forever. Did you get that? Cannot be moved. Cannot be moved. Will you surrender to God? Will you trust him? Will you allow the word of God to renew your mind? We live with awesome potential. Not in lack. Remember what it says in the word Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world.